Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, preseason game number two is on the horizon. The Packers headed to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And when you look at this second preseason game, Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach, already said that the starters, the number one units, are going to play about a quarter or so. Now, offensively, that will still be without Aaron Jones. Uh, he will be sidelined still, being very precautionary with the tightness in his hamstring. But Matt LaFleur and his offense with Aaron Rodgers at the controls against an opponent will be the debut here. And uh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for excitement. I'm looking for enthusiasm. I'm looking for efficiency. Uh, I thought your story outlining some of the three things that, that Aaron Rodgers was looking for in this game. He talked about you know the efficiency side of it. You know, getting out of this thing hopefully healthy, and then also just the natural competitiveness and being able to be back out there with these guys. Uh, that That's going to be the biggest thing. If you can get through healthy and be efficient in what you want to accomplish, realistically, I think that's all you can hope for this year, or really in any preseason, to be quite honest with you. The other thing of it, too, is that this is the first big matchup I felt like for the backup quarterbacks, and it was something that some of the guys had talked about in the locker room. Baltimore throws a lot of different blitz packages at you, a lot of different variation with that. So while last week might have been sort of the beginner's course, kind of getting yourself reacclimated <laughs> to things, the Ravens, even in preseason settings, do historically turn it up a little bit. That was what was interesting to me in talking to some players in the locker room after Tuesday's practice is they're – not expecting the Ravens to play this as you would normally expect a preseason game across the league. And I'm talking schematically in terms of, you know, vanilla and keeping things pretty simple and just working on the basics. They're really expecting the Ravens to throw some unconventional looks at them to work on some of their, uh, you know, more exotic packages and, and see what those look like in a game setting. And it sounds like the Packers are actually kind of looking forward to it, yeah. looking forward to the challenge. As you said, I think it becomes a, uh, a really interesting challenge for the Packers' backup quarterbacks if they indeed face uh, uh, those kinds of looks because I thought both Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle got the preseason off to a good start. Nothing spectacular for either one. Nobody's lighting it up, so to speak. But they both gave themselves something to build on, but now they're going to have to build on it against a better defensive unit. No doubt. Also, it was communication, not competitiveness. Sorry, I got my C's mixed up there uh, as far as what Rodgers was looking for. But as it relates to the backup quarterbacks in this particular matchup, last week I remember talking with Tim Boyle a little bit after the game, and you know he said you pretty much knew they were going to throw four, maybe five rushers at you at the same time, and they felt confident about their five against our five. And it wasn't going to be that big of a discrepancy. With the Ravens, you're not sure. Maybe it could end up being six. Maybe they could send an extra free blitzer. And that's where it's going to be on the offensive line. It's going to be on the quarterbacks to pick up those things. And it's also going to be on a guy like Tommy Bohannon who just comes in now. And now he potentially could be in the backfield, the fullback uh, that played last season with Jacksonville. So... The big thing for the Packers here is if you can get through this healthy, if you can feel good about where you're at right now with this offense, whether it's the first, second, or third team, that's going to be what really propels you forward. Because honestly, we'll see what happens in Canada. We know the starters won't play against Kansas City. Right. This second preseason game for probably the last three or four years has been sort of that big barometer for the offense in the starting unit, seeing what they can put out on the field. Yeah. But you mentioned the new fullback, Tony 
Tommy, excuse me, Bohannon. I want to talk about him for just a minute because this is an interesting signing here for the Packers. You had both Danny Vitale and Malcolm Johnson, the two fullbacks on the roster, are sidelined with injuries at the moment. And the Packers found it wasn't just uh, you know some undrafted rookie who you know was trying to find his way. They found a veteran guy who's been with a few different teams, but also been in and out of the league, so to speak. Tell us uh, Bohannon's story. Yeah, so it's interesting. Bohannon's actually in his sixth NFL season already. I mean, wow. To to quote my old friend Pete Doherty, he's vested uh, <laughs> at this point in the league, but he's had like two different halves to his career where. He started, he was a seventh-round pick from the Jets in 2013, go way back then. Okay. Played a few seasons for them, didn't make the final cut in 2016, was out of the league entirely that year, was pouring concrete for his family's business. He was training some kids off to the side, and then they had that veteran combine, the second one in Arizona in March of 2017. Jacksonville saw him, they signed him, he made the roster, and he played in 32 straight games for them, <laughs> playing for current Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. So a couple different layers to this. One, Brian Gutekun said it's not like there was this bevy of fullbacks available, especially ones that are veterans that they felt could come in and play right away. They had some young guys they liked, but not anyone quite like Bohannon. In Bohannon's perspective, he's kind of just been sitting on the shelf here waiting for that opportunity. But as he pointed out, with some of the things he's had to do as a fullback previously, you know, his patience has already been tested. Yeah, well, on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers here heading to Baltimore, the ones will get, as Matt LaFleur said, about a quarter or so. An interesting challenge here in quarterback Lamar Jackson. Not your conventional NFL drop-back quarterback. That being said, though, I just wonder how much the Ravens are really going to expose Jackson to taking any hits and whatnot. They may be telling him, they may be calling plays in this preseason game that he's supposed to sit in the pocket and get rid of the ball because that's probably the part of his game that they want to work on the most, right? So we may not really see the Lamar Jackson of September, October, November here in August, but nonetheless, it will be the first look at the full first unit for the Green Bay Packers defensively. For my money, Lamar Jackson, the most exciting young quarterback in this league right now. I love watching the Baltimore Ravens play. It's unconventional. The receivers have to be somewhat unselfish because you're not going to get your traditional 70 receptions over a year if you start. They're trying to change the narrative there in terms of what it takes to get to the playoffs and what kind of quarterback you need because this guy is different and the offense they run is different. Well, and it's kind of like presidencies, right? Not to get political, but when you when you have one president, typically the next one is just completely different, right? They had Joe Flacco, who was this pocket, big-arm quarterback, yeah. and then they switch over to Jackson, which is not to question his arm strength, but his you know, there was questions whether or not he was going to play quarterback in the NFL, right? There were right. pundits out there that were wondering about it. The Ravens never had any doubt. But it is a very run-heavy offense. It gave They get their running backs involved. They get Jackson involved. It is going to be meshing that together in the regular season. That's going to say how far the Ravens truly go. Right. In this setting, though, I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what they're going to run. I don't think he's going to be running that much i'm guessing they're going to do some passing but it's also not like he's going to he's not a three-step quarterback and you know throw 30 yards downfield so if i'm mike Pettin and i'm talking with Zadarius smith who has you know going back to baltimore sure preston smith this defense you know my basic thing is tackle you know whether it is jackson or whether it is the running backs this offensive unit is to make sure you sure up the tackling because that was the one thing that was missing 
from that game against the Texans. Yeah, Matt LaFleur had pointed out during the week when he went back through the film, he counted 24 missed tackles on the part of the defense. Now, granted, a lot of the number one guys didn't play, and a lot of the young guys, as we had talked about, they played an inordinate number of snaps when you think about it for a first preseason game in terms of uh, getting into football shape and all of that kind of stuff. But, yes, that is the biggest thing defensively the Packers want to clean up here is the tackling. You cut down on the missed tackles. Don't make this the narrative of Mike Pettin's second-year defense that suddenly tackling is an issue. So we'll be watching to see if that gets shored up. The other thing certainly that that Matt LaFleur would like to see cleaned up is the penalties. 12 penalties for a little over 100 yards against the Houston Texans. And we saw some of those points of emphasis from the officials. We saw the holding calls. We saw a blindside block call. Those are the kinds of things that they're gonna. They're definitely gonna call it in the preseason and uh, try to get these guys accustomed to how it's gonna be called in the regular season with these uh, points of emphasis. One of the points of emphasis, though, that surprised me from the first game that didn't get called much was the pass interference. I actually yeah. thought we were gonna see a lot of flags. I'm, and I actually, even though, I think if you look by the tried and true definition of the rule, it wasn't pass interference on Alan Lazard in that one end zone throw that Tim Boyle threw. But I liked the the rationale behind why Lafleur wanted to challenge it. Yeah, I just thought we were going to get more of those. I thought the refs would be a little bit more, um, you know, liberal with what they wanted to throw out there. To maybe get some of those things uh, down because a lot of times you're right, Mike. The blindside block I think is here to stay in terms of the emphasis on it. Yep. I think that isn't going to dwindle at all. I agree. But other times there are certain defensive holding and, and offensive pass interference where it's like, okay, we're going to hammer this in the preseason, but once you get to week one, you know, we'll all shake our hands, go to different directions, and everyone knows the real rules in which we're playing with. Yeah. So that did surprise me, and I'm going to be very curious, especially if Aaron Rodgers is testing the Ravens deep early in this game, is if we are going to see a little bit more laundry out on the field because I, I just think with – the offensive pass interference rules now being what they are in the adding the challenge element to this, that's going to be a big sub-lot, you know, subtitle to this whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the other stuff, you're absolutely right. There's no excuse for it. Matt Floor wants to clean it up, and we'll see how they respond to it. Yeah, and I do think that there's a good chance maybe in at least once in each of the four preseason games we see the Packers challenge a pass interference or a non-pass interference. I would. To, to, yeah, exactly, yeah. To, to work through some of the mechanics of that and then see, okay, what did they see and, and what is their decision based on uh, you know, is it clear and obvious, which is how the rule is written, and is is that how they're going to call it? You want to try to get a feel for all that before the games are real. And, and you know, there are some fine gentlemen out there that help out the Packers with their officiating during the pre or during training camp. But the NFL officials, this is a learning process. We even heard it from the the gentleman that came in last week talking about how yeah, it is some of the stuff that happens on the field, but it's also the conversations that they have in the locker room with the team, and making sure that you understand all that. You can preach points of emphasis until you're red in the face but we saw with the clay matthews sacks last year and the quarterback hits and the unnecessary roughness how quickly all that can go out the door if it's not officiated in the manner that everybody believes it's going to be yeah for sure and the nfl absolutely does not want another controversy like the uh, the roughing the passer stuff that was going on last september um quickly west some sponsor business select cousin subs locations are now offering delivery whether you're ordering catering or your favorite sub they're delivering right to you when you order online at cousinsubs.com cousin subs we believe in better okay another note on the defensive side of the ball here that we'll certainly be watching oren burks 
exited the first preseason game against Houston very early with a chest injury. Now, general manager Brian Gutekunst gave a bit of an update the other day. The news is not doesn't sound like it's as bad on Oren Burks as maybe everybody feared that Gutekunst is hoping as they continue to gather more information that this is not necessarily a long-term injury for Burks and that he could be back. He didn't give a timeline on that, however. So in the meantime, whether we're talking a few weeks or several weeks or whatever the case might be, the Packers will be looking for that second inside linebacker to pair with Blake Martinez. And as we talked about on the last show, Curtis Bolton, Ty Summers are probably the two leading candidates right now. James Crawford, Brady Sheldon also in that mix at inside linebacker. But that's going to be a position to watch here, especially with the ones taking the field for the first time defensively. And uh, and then for a guy like Ty Summers, who had the 10 tackles and a few missed tackles against Houston, can he build on what he did uh, in his rookie first preseason game? Yeah, and this is going to be the biggest change for the Packers this year. As we mentioned, I think, on our previous show on Monday, when there was a big injury there with the shoulder to Burks last year, they went out and got Antonio Morrison pretty much right away. Yeah, They have not done that at this juncture. So, one, you hope that that bodes well for Burks and his long-term future here. Certainly he looked like a, you know, he really made some nice strides prior to this chest injury. But on the other side of it, I think it also speaks to what they feel like the confidence level is like with those inside linebackers and also with some of those safeties that could potentially be filling that box role next to Blake Martinez as well. One of the things I outlined at Insider Inbox was – it is very important to step up in this time, whether it's Curtis Bolton, whether it's James Crawford, or whether it's Ty Summers. But I still really like the reps that Summers is getting with the twos right now as the lead communicator. Because yeah. here's the thing, Packers have been blessed and fortunate that Blake Martinez has been healthy as an ox here the last two seasons, been able to stay on the field. He is a key cog for this defense, and as long as Burks is out, that is one less guy that they have behind Martinez as it relates to those dime packages where Absolutely. Martinez is the only guy on the field. In the interim, the main thing that Bolton, Summers, Crawford, and also throw Brady Shelton in there, they're trying to vie for that first down, second down roll against the run. Putting your head down, being able to stand up to contact, and being able to tackle guys in the open field. I thought, again, early on, Summers did that really well against Houston. Whatever happened in the second half happened, but I think you saw when he has a full gas tank what this young man is capable of, especially being a seventh-round pick. Bolton's the guy that just has kind of come out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know much about him coming out of Oklahoma. I learned a lot from him from your story and what he's dealt with to get to this point. Just a one-year starter, a, a fifth-year senior starter at Oklahoma and had been a uh, essentially a backup, a special teams guy, and then had dealt with an injury yeah. prior to that. And now here he is in the NFL with a chance to become a starter for the Green Bay Packers. And this is the main reason why I wanted to point to that, because sometimes it isn't about the guy who played five years at these big Power Five conference schools. Sometimes it's the, the Curtis Boltons of the world that people start to just let fly under their radar because either there was an injury or he wasn't starting. And then suddenly, boom, here he is. This is just going to be such an important stretch here for that young man as he's trying to not only make this team, but also show that, okay, if it works out this way in week one, you need somebody next to Blake Martinez, I'm your guy. Yeah. All right. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up today's show here, previewing this Baltimore preseason game, Wes, anybody else that comes to mind that we haven't mentioned yet that is a particular player you might have your eye on from the press box in Baltimore? The number one guy 
that, and I, I couldn't write it again this week because I already wrote it last week, but I actually feel like the number one guy we've seen in this year's training camp, and I'm putting this above Jay Kumaro, by the way. A lot of people might have thought I was going to say Jay Kumaro, <laughs> is Robert Tanyan. If you watch these practices, Robert Tanyan is going to be a part of this offense in 2019. Last I agree year, with you. he was behind those three veterans. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time. They started to mix him in a little bit, but realistically, his biggest contribution was the special teams. Every single practice, he is making a play. He is being where he needs to be. And Aaron Rodgers has developed a confidence in this young man. We also saw Jimmy Graham come and get a 32-yard touchdown near the end of practice. Actually, the second-to-last team period, I believe, in practice at a two-minute drill, looking really good over the top of the defense. We've talked so much about the receiver position, and rightfully so. There's a lot of jobs at stake, and there's starting jobs at stake. But tight end is going to be the position that I feel like with Matt LaFleur's scheme is going to get the biggest shine put on it. And Robert Tanyan, with what he's been able to learn from Mercedes Lewis and what he's learned from Jimmy Graham, mixed in with the fact that this is a hungry guy that wants to prove he belongs in this league, he's going to be the number one guy I have my eye on because I think there's a legitimate chance he actually does get some reps with Aaron Rodgers on Thursday night. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to uh, Aaron Rodgers' interview with Sirius XM Radio that he did. Uh, I believe it was yesterday on yeah. Tuesday. We're taping this on Wednesday. Um, about a 15-minute interview, and there was a segment in there where he was talking about Robert Tanya, and he certainly said plenty of positive things at his locker talking to the yeah. local media on a regular basis. What he said on that Sirius XM radio show about Robert Tanya absolutely convinces me that this guy is going to be a part of the offense in, in yeah. 2019. There's just no doubt about it. The confidence that Aaron Rodgers has in this young man at that position, it definitely is is starting to show. Here's the thing, though, about Tanya that I like the most. We hear so much time, so much about Rogers trusting a guy, confidence. It gets to the point where, where it seems like we're overstating it. Robert Tanyan has confidence in himself. And that might seem like a small thing, yeah. but you got to understand, this is a guy who played at Indiana State. I think they had one guy in the last 15 years that has played in the league out of Indiana State. And he wasn't playing tight end there. And he wasn't playing tight end. <laughs> he was a quarterback. He was a receiver. If you know anything about Robert Tanyan's story, most of his football career has been told, yeah, this isn't the position for you. You're not quite good enough. <laughs> Tight end is this guy's position, yep. Michael. Yep. And much like Jake Kumaro, I will bring it all back together again. Get it in a nice 360-degree <laughs> circle. Much like Kumaro, both of these guys a year ago, they were playing their butts off trying to make a roster. This year... They're trying to be in this rotation, and I think there's a real good chance that both of them are going to do it. Yeah, well, quickly, I'm going to rattle off a couple other guys that I'm going to have my eye on. Number one, I think the Packers still have a lot they're trying to sort out at backup offensive tackle. Sure. Who are going to be the backups to David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga? You've got Alex Light. You've got Yash Nyman and um, Gerard, Gerard, DeBeer. Gerard DeBeer. I was forgetting the uh, the third one in that mix. Watch those guys. Watch those offensive tackles after the starters leave the game on Thursday night because uh, the Packers have some pecking order uh, with their offensive line to figure out. The other thing I will say is I always try to look for a guy who made a splash in a preseason game, and then can he build on it? Right. Can he show that he can continue to do it and not just make it a one-time thing? And that guy for me is Kadar Holman, the yeah. sixth-round draft pick out of Toledo. Had a great interception against the Houston Texans. That's something to build on. He needs he needs to build on it and continue to uh, keep that arrow pointing up here as the preseason goes along. First, want to just talk quickly about the offensive line. You're absolutely right, Alex Light. 
Nyman. These guys have to show themselves. They need to prove that they're worthy of a roster spot. I will also point out when Brian Belaga was sitting last week, Billy Turner looks like a real find for this offensive line because by all intents and purposes, he'll be starting at right guard here for the Packers at the beginning of the season. But I think he's also the type of guy with his experience and the way he takes approach to the game, he also can fill in at a tackle spot if absolutely necessary to be called upon. Yes. The cornerback position, you hit it out of the park with Holman, and for one major reason, the Packers need to have five players at that position. And I mean, I'm not saying they need to keep five. I'm saying they need to have five guys that at any given time you can put them in an NFL regular season football game and feel like you can win. Right. Packers are back in the business of winning football, okay? All the credit in the world to Ladarius Gunter. I salute him. He did a phenomenal job against terrible circumstances in 2016. This situation at cornerback has completely changed, though. We're talking about guys now that run into the four threes. Yep. With Holman, with t- uh, Tony Brown, as you wrote about. These are the guys now that are that next guard if you don't have Kevin King, if you don't have Jair Alexander at any given time. If you're going to survive an entire season and play potentially 19 games to win a Lombardi trophy. You have to have options. I've been really impressed so far by how Holman has stepped right in and not looked like a six-round rookie. Yep, I agree with you there. With that, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and of Thursday night's preseason game from Baltimore. We'll both be there on Packers.com. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services, if you will, on Twitter. He's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.